0: Hello, fellow Flat Earthers. Gail Krueger here from the Flat Truth. Um, uh, well, Lauren Grace Thompson here. The, the voice actor that plays Gail. I should have led with that. Too late. Hi. While you may know me from this show here, what you may not know is that I also have an audio drama of my own, which the Good Point team have been awesome enough to share on the feed today. Fox and Stallion is a brand new Victorian mystery comedy about the best detective team on Baker Street. I know what you're thinking, but um, not that one. The other one? Uh, across the street, slightly to the left, at 224 B Baker Street. They've been waiting for their chance to get out of the shadow of Holmes and Watson for five long years. And who knows? Maybe their chance comes today. If you like the episode you hear today, find us on our own feed wherever you listen to this show or on our website, 224bbaker.com or on all socials at 224bbaker. We hope you enjoy. Oh, and because I contractually have to say this, don't forget to like and subscribe.
1: In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. People argue over the origin of the word excitement. Some say it comes from the Latin, exciter. Some say the old French, exciter. As for me, I can't tell the difference. But all this is to say that here... Here in London, excitement means a lot of different things to a lot of different people.
2: Hello? I do say, is anyone there?
1: Hmm... For instance, For some, excitement might mean a night at the theatre, over-expensive cocktails, and three hours of singing or screaming you pretend to understand to sound smart at a dinner party. But for others... Well, let's just say some people have to make their own theatre.
3: Well, well, well. What have we here?
2: Sir? Before you do anything you regret, I can assure you this stole is not real mink.
3: Well, then I guess it's a good thing I'd interested in your mink, isn't it? Because any respectable street thief could tell you that purse is an original H.J. Cave.
2: Please, my husband got it for me, as a gift.
3: Smart fellow, he is. See, I was a buckle man, all about the buckles. And it seems to me, if you're pairing a fake mink with that kind of legitimate craftsmanship, You don't deserve it in the first place, savvy. You
2: You certainly know your minx.
3: And my bottles. Now, what's it gonna be, love?
4: I think. Ah! Ah!
3: Thanks for the purse. I assure you it'll have a much better home. Not so
1: fast, Mr. Chatsworth. I'm afraid your luxury purse-pilchering days uh, have come to an unfashionably soggy end. Uh, Ah, my fucking nose! No need for that much salt in your language, Mr. Chatsworth. Your tenure as the Piccadilly-Purse-Pilcher has gone on unobstructed for well over a month now, and you'll have to forgive me if I lack the requisite sympathy. Jerry? Jerry, oh my god, are you okay? No,
3: Mildred, I'm bloody well not. This blasted idiot came out of nowhere with his size sevens and dashed me right into a goddamn puddle. What man? Him? Yes, Mildred, him. The Sherlock Holmes impersonator there who's been talking to himself about the origin of the word excitement. I'm sorry, you heard that? Never mind, I'm afraid I'm lost. This man was very clearly... I knew this was going to happen. You try to have a one night out committing consensual fashion crimes, and some Samaritan comes along and poof! ruined.
2: My purse, please.
1: All right, yes. I think I see now that I misread this situation, but... Do you want me to at least lay out my deduction as to how I was led to that conclusion? Here, I'll just start. For starters, (coughs) Police! Help! My husband and I are being mugged by an idiot! Wait, no! I'll never understand how it can be so cold outside, but in Scotland Yard it's a bloody furnace. You'd think I'd know by now and yet.
5: Well, well, Detective Fawkes. You look like
1: shit. Well, 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 James Stallion, you are a sight for sore eyes.
5: Not one for the Strand, I take it?
4: Fox and Stallion, by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. Part One, The Case of the Best Case Scenario.
1: Well, how was I supposed to know thief and aristocrat roleplay was a trend now?
5: If you'd just subscribed to The Standard like I keep telling you to, you'd have seen a pretty substantial spread on it in Tuesday's edition.
1: And I've told you I only subscribe to The Times. The Standard's just celebrity gossip and articles about the Queen's favorite waterfowl.
5: The red-breasted Maganser. Not my cup of tea. Not the Queen's either. Coffee drinker. Caffeine-free. You'd know that too if you subscribe to The Standard.
1: God forbid I miss such a breakthrough.
5: Must be the trade-off for the amount of role-playing coverage they find room for.
1: Regardless, this is actually good news, James. Uh, I won't deny it's an exciting concept. No. Well, I guess, hypothetically. But no! The Piccadilly Purse Pilcher is still at large. And now, we'll have a better idea of what not to look for.
5: I'll strive to be sensitive to the chemistry of the next thief and victim we encounter, Detective.
1: Thank you, Detective. Your
5: ascot's crooked. It most certainly is not. This, my friend, is called roguishly
1: askew. Ah, there you are. Ah, Archie. I didn't know you were on tonight. That is Inspector Cartwright to you. Right, I forgot. It's Inspector Cartwright now. By the way, love the moustache. It's bold, and it's working on you. Very stately. You absolute fucking idiots!
4: Whoa. Whoa! I'm sorry. You know I can't show you any favoritism on my first day after the promotion. It looks suspicious. Now... I'm going to say some more things that I don't fully mean, but I need you to act at least moderately cowed. Got it? Oh, you mean like role-playing. I'm... I'm sorry? We've got Got it. it. Good. Now, you absolute buffoons! Where do you think you're going without following proper checkout procedures?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, I am terrified and
4: extremely penitent. Thank you. Now come with me, because I actually do need to properly check you out.
5: You certainly do.
4: I know the drill.
5: So, Inspector, still on for the opera tomorrow? Yes.
4: Matinee, balcony seats, home in time for an early dinner.
5: Lovely. Salmon again?
4: I love you dearly. And you'd better not forget it!
1: Now, James, Hampton, always a delight, please never let me find you here again. You know I can't make that promise.
5: Inspector. Right.
1: Sorry, Inspector.
4: Piss off! I'm sorry.
1: I think that went well. He really likes you. Good. Uh, I worry sometimes. Uh, so, James, what do you say to another turn about the circus to find the real person?
6: Call it boys, 32 days at large. Who had 32? They do. Right here. Good on ya. All right, boys, don't forget to pay Shinwell here by the end of the night. S- uh, s- sorry, who was that? What's going on? Oi! You don't just walk up to an officer like that. I don't care how short you are. I could have night stick your knees into your bum and out the other end. What, are you mental? No. Inspector Lestrade has apprehended the Piccadilly purse pilcher. Oh, come on. Uh, well... At
5: least it was just Lestrade this time, and
6: not. Free cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Doctor John Watson. Yep! alright. 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 Flat. Let them hear you in solitary, boys. Alright.
1: Flat. Good old 224 B Baker Street. Hello, Ambrosius. Hello, Ambrosius. The Borough Street Burglar? Sold. The Waterloo Waste Wiper? Sold. And the Piccadilly Purse Pilcher? Sold. By Sherlock bloody Holmes of 221 B Baker Street. Again. Oh, come off it, Hampton. That's only three. You have...
5: So many more unsolved cases up there.
1: I assume you mean this one case that's left? The golem? The one that hasn't struck in weeks?
5: Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now.
1: God, I wish. Uh, tea? Gin? I'm so glad you said gin. But only one. Then a good night's sleep and we're back at it tomorrow. Cheers. (coughs)
5: But why did you have to tell Archie you liked the moustache? I'm in the midst of a three-month campaign to whittle down his faith in it, lovingly, of course, and you ruin it on what could very well have been shaving day.
1: It was just my opinion. Am I not allowed to have my opinion? Of course you're allowed to have it, but not when it interferes with mine. No, that's not true. That's not how
5: democracy works. We live in a constitutional monarchy, Hampton. Do they not teach you that in the Times,
1: either? Fine, you're right. By the way, should we be sparring after this many gins? Never stopped us before. Which reminds me, gin break! Gin break! I'm amazed we've had so much of this, and I feel fine.
5: Any good detective must train himself to be in a state of readiness at all times. Do you know who said that?
1: Uh, Sherlock Holmes? No!
5: (laughs) Now, listen to this, because I need you to hear it. Fuck that guy. That quote was from me.
1: All right. But honestly, I'm not even mad anymore. You're not? No. In fact, I think there are benefits to what happened today. Uh,
5: Benefits to having every case you've worked on snatched out from under you?
1: Certainly, James. For every case solved, I must look at the larger, social good, and that's that there's one less crime in the world. How benevolent of you.
5: But you're a terrible liar. And now you must pay for Ambrosius! (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah It's not a lie to see the bigger picture. If anything, it's freeing. So you feel good. I feel great. Ah, the face is not an accepted target in the sparring rules of Ambrosius.
5: Sorry, mate, just looking out for the larger social good. And that's seven for seven. Me. Go for an eight.
2: Fucking believe what just happened to me.
5: Hello, Madge.
2: Morning, Madge. Dickheads.
5: Hampton,
1: do you hear what she just called you? I was just about to ask you the same thing.
2: Is no one going to ask me about my morning? I don't know how to get your attention any more clearly. Apologies.
5: How was your night, Madge? It's noon. It is. Makes sense. It does? Apologies, Madge. How was your morning?
2: Fucking miserable.
5: Oh, no. The
2: fucking asshole stood me up.
1: Again? Oh, no. I- I'm so sorry, Match. You're a terrible liar. Told you. Excuse me for trying to show support.
2: Well, next time, instead of trying, maybe you could just support. Duly noted, Match. Tea? Love some. Thank you.
1: All right. Uh... Does anyone know where we keep the cattle? Good
2: God, Hampton. You live here too. Take an interest. He's underway. At least someone around here was born with manners.
5: Now... I believe you were talking about fucking assholes standing up.
2: <gasps> the language that you would dare use in front of a woman.
5: In front of my own wife, no less.
2: Ta. It's Martha. She stood me up. Oh, no! Uh,
1: unbelievable! Oh, oh, no. Yes!
2: We had a date to go to the farmer's market today, and when I show up to her flat to pick her up. She wasn't there? That's brutal. Yes, Hampton, it wasn't fun. Their flat was emptier than my marriage vows. Love you too. Wait, so Holmes
1: and Watson aren't there either? What crime could they possibly be solving? There was nothing in the Times this morning. (gasps) Unless... Hold on. So this was
5: like a date date? Oh God, you're not getting back together, are you?
2: Well, not if she can't figure her shit out. It's maddening. And the worst part is, she didn't leave a note. She used to love leaving notes, you know, because she...
5: Hates hates confrontation. confrontation.
2: That's why we were so perfect. Maybe she did. What? You just
1: said, Martha loves leaving notes because she... Hates hates confrontation. confrontation. And
2: I know that may sound like a criticism, and I guess it is, but... Well, maybe she did. Maybe it's just in the flat. Why wouldn't she just put it in our
1: mail slot like a normal person? Because you just said yourself, Martha isn't a
4: normal person. Ain't that the truth.
1: So, what if we just
2: hop over and see? You want to break into my ex's flat to see if she left a note explaining why she stood me up.
1: Yes, because
2: I believe in love. You want to see if Sherlock Holmes is going to snake your golem case, don't you? No. Tea for three. What are we talking about? Hampton says he wants to see if Martha left me a note by breaking into her flat. But really, he's just trying to snoop on Sherlock Holmes. Like a bitch.
5: Sounds fantastic. I have nothing else going on today.
2: We're not going to break in. We're just going
1: to check and see if anyone's home. If it's empty, we'll head straight back. locked. Oh, check the window. It may be open.
5: You really think Sherlock Holmes leaves his windows unlocked?
2: Exactly. It's almost too stupid not to try. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in 5 years.
5: It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck.
2: What's the other 10%? Luck. I can't believe that worked. After oh, you. <sighs> All right, Hampton, this is a quick in-and-out job. I'm sure you're unfamiliar. I'll take east, you take west, James upstairs. There's a secret games room behind the mahogany bookcase. Just pull the copy of King Solomon's Mines. He thinks it's funny. I know.
5: I must say, Madge, I'm surprised how gung-ho you are about this.
2: I had my reservations, but now that we're here, let's just fucking do this. (gasps) James, look! You found it! Journals.
1: Sherlock Holmes's journals. It... It makes so much sense. Oh,
5: what's it say?
2: Have we completely given up on the in and out? Oh, my God.
1: What? What?
5: Is it about the Gola murders? It's indecipherable. What, like a code? No, cursive. But still.
2: Aha! Found it! What? The... Seriously. The note. The note that Martha left. The reason that we... Ah, right. Right. That's
1: great. So... No golem evidence. Fantastic. So... She did leave one.
2: Unbelievable.
5: I'm sorry, dear.
1: Me too. I got carried away investigating. Snooping is more like it. Call it whatever you like, but I can't just turn off my investigatorial instincts like any other civilian. Oh, so they've been in the on position this whole
5: time. Let's focus on the positives here. Martha left you a note.
2: Exactly. She left me a note. Like I'm a goddamn carrier pigeon. No,
1: James is right. It could have been worse. Remember when we thought she left you nothing at all? Actually, you're right. This was quite
2: considerate of her. Maybe I shouldn't give up on her just yet. Well, we're not saying that. What's that supposed to mean?
5: I think what Hampton is trying to say is that it still may not be the best fit. She drives you up the wall. She cancels plans at a moment's notice. She loves Earl Grey. Don't forget why you broke up with her in the first place.
2: I've been wrong before, maybe I am now.
1: In
5: which direction? I don't
1: know. What does the note say? Maybe I can deduce some clues as to their whereabouts
2: or her feelings uh, through her diction or punctuation. Is that right? When's the last time you deduced a girl's feelings through her diction and punctuation? Give me the note. To Madge. I mean, great stuff. James, you read it.
5: Hey. Sorry. I have some bad news. I completely forgot, but the boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend, which gives me the time to get out of the city and see my son. I know it's not convenient, but can we reschedule for when I'm back? I promise I'm not trying to do that thing where I don't tell you in person to avoid your reaction to bad news. Also, sorry you had to break in to get this. I completely forgot, I could have just run it across the street. Oh well. Next time, Sincerely,
2: Martha Hudson. Huh, I didn't know she had a son. For the best. He's a little twat, if you know what I mean. How old is he? I don't know. Six. Twenty-four. Oh my God. Did you hear that? What? Did she say she loves me?
1: Sherlock Holmes and John Watson are on
5: holiday. Pretty sure she said they're on a case, but...
2: Right, like they've solved everything in London, so now they get to travel for work. Unbelievable.
5: Fucking leave-able. Have you ever been to Dartmoor in the summer? God, no. I hate the country. It won't change your mind.
2: Right. Sure. Whatever. But do you know what this means? Honestly, if it has nothing to do with Martha and me, I'm checking out. It means that for the whole weekend, we don't have any
1: competition. Our ticket has finally come in. The understudies have finally been called up from the basement. London's number two detective team just became number one. Which metaphor did you want me to go with here? We actually finally have the chance to solve a real mystery in this city without all our hard work being undone
2: in the final hour by Holmes and Watson. This is the biggest opportunity we've ever gotten. Are you seriously saying that me getting stood up is the best career opportunity you've ever gotten? Right, Well, I can see how you would take it that way, but... Oh, I can't wait to see you try to spin this. Hampton, before you dig a deeper hole
5: for yourself, what cases are there even left to solve? There was nothing in this morning's edition of The Standard. I don't read The Standard. Or The Times. That's two whole papers.
2: Maybe you can finally find your precious golem and get that garish map off my wall. Yes, yes,
1: if the golem strikes this weekend, then we're up. And even if he doesn't, we live in a big city. I'm sure we can find something to solve before the day is out. Here, we'll make it simple. The next case that presents itself is the case that we solve. Ah!
2: Don't answer that. Why not? Maybe it's a mystery.
5: She has a point.
1: But
2: we broke in. It was your idea to break in. Which is exactly why I don't want someone confronting me about it.
0: Hello? I can hear you in there. It's muffled, but it's definitely voices.
2: Well, sounds like the game's up. Well, at least she didn't hear. I
0: said two. Oh. Three voices,
5: at least. Don't answer. We are in the home of a celebrity now.
1: (gasps) It could be the standard. Yes, exactly. How do we know she's even here to see Holmes and Watson? Is
0: this the home of Mr. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson? Fair bet.
1: But she could be here for any number of reasons. She could be delivering milk for all we know. I'm
2: decently sure that's not it. Who's the detective here? As we've just been reminded, Sherlock Holmes and John Watson. I have a case for you to solve.
5: oh she said it
1: do you hear that james she has a case this is destiny this changes everything i truly cannot keep up with this i'm resolved no matter what this young desperate woman asks us to solve we will do it or die trying
0: oh thank god you answered i sorry
1: You're not... Detectives, oh, rest assured, weary client, we are. Whatever case you have, large or small, we are more than capable of handling it.
0: Right. I assume you have experience with robberies?
1: We most certainly do. We do? We do! Uh,
0: Right, well... These jewels have been stolen, you see. A jewel heist? Even better.
5: Fantastic. A jewel heist. Do pardon, miss. Excuse us. Just a moment. Hampton, we have never solved a jewel heist before.
2: We've never solved any
1: heist before. I know that. And I know that. But think about it. This is the best possible scenario for our first big case. Jewels mean wealthy people, wealthy people means high profile, high profile means mass exposure in the times and the standard, then we're set as the new bad boys of Baker Street.
2: Right, but what happens when we can't solve it? Are you joking, Madge? They're rich! If we don't solve the case, they'll just carry
1: on being rich, maybe just a little less so, which is really a win-for-all involved if you think about it. Hey. Present rich company excluded. I don't see a downside here. This is an absolute best case scenario. All right?
0: All right. All right. All right. We're in. Oh, thank God. Because if we don't find out who did this, my mother is going to be hanged.
4: Best case scenario? Fox and Stallion is written and directed by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. This episode was sound designed by Sarah Buczynski and original music was composed by Baldemar. This episode featured Jeremy Thompson as Hampton Fox, Chris Vizaraga as James Stallion, Katie McLean Hainsworth as Madge Stallion, Sean Fouch as Archie Cartwright, Ian Gears as Constable McMurphy, Evan McQuistian as the Copper, Lauren Grace Thompson as Sarah, Nicole Knudsen as the woman, and James Ferrero as the man. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at 224 Baker, or on our website, 224bbaker.com. Join us next time for part two, The Case of the Three-Day Weekend.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
7: Sign. That's a geometric waveform or arc that rises and falls. And a new Canadian TTRPG and podcast inspired by that almost soothing mathematical motion. Let me show you. The action begins to rise as powerful strangers in a ruined yet vibrant world band together. If you run north, they will chase you. I suggest you stand behind me. Partner, I'd
1: rather stand beside you if you're willing to help.
7: Tension continues to mount higher, as our characters must push themselves beyond their usual limits.
2: As I'm climbing into the, into the driver's seat, I'm going to say to Sarah, sometimes you gotta make tough decisions.
6: I'm driving now.
7: And it peaks, as a danger and excitement hits its zenith, leading to great failure or success.
6: Benreal would be just fire at this point. She
7: straight up might die. Like, this encounter might murder you. You
6: know what? You lit me on fire! We're gonna be on fire, baby!
7: And this tension relaxes. A tragedy, but more often humor, that comes with great pals being around a virtual table playing a game. Discover Sine on your favorite podcast player. S I N E choices of the characters are theirs to make, but the fate of the world is up to the dice.